and welcome back to another episode of Normal with Autism, the podcast where we are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum, and we invite you to the kitchen table to experience the joy in the journey. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. Hi, friend. What's up? How's it going tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just want to remind our listener family to please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Normal with Autism. You can come on over there and see all the goodness for your eyes. And obviously, you're listening to the podcast, so it's all the goodness for your ear holes. Yeah, Tara's like right into business. I am. I'm t- well. I'm trying to get like the checklist out, like the housekeeping, like pause uh, us, rate, review, and subscribe comment post like share hit that subscribe button smash that subscribe button oh god have you been watching youtube with owen no everyone's like three second like challenge smash that subscribe button i'm like i don't want to watch this anymore i like pancake art but this is annoying do you think pancake art oh do you not okay colin's key they're like brothers they're adorable and they do pancake art challenges so they'll be like make a spongebob and the one guy's like, here's my Spongebob. And it looks like if I would make a Spongebob with pancakes. But the other guy's like an actual artist. And he's like, here's the real Spongebob out of pancakes. It's amazing. You have to watch it. Okay. I'll have Owen send you the link. Okay. All right. So after people are done listening to the podcast, after they smash our subscribe button, after they support our liking, our commenting, our posting, then they can go watch the pancake art. Yeah, they have plenty of subscribers. Oh, like okay. help us first, and help. then you can. They have a, a board game at Walmart. They're doing fine. Oh, they're good. Oh, yeah, maybe we should do good. a board game. Of what? Of like, I don't know. What would our board game look like? Be like trauma bonding. <laughs> Ages like, six and up. Maybe like life, right? But ours <laughs> would be like you roll the dice and like you get thirty minutes off your IEP meeting or. Ooh. Do you like that idea? Okay. I don't know. I do like that idea. Can I tell you something that just yes. happened right before we started this meeting? Yes. I got an email from Owen's school with his like summer program progress report grade card thing. Girl, he mastered five goals. Oh, that's five. awesome. He's had the same IEP since he was four years old. And has it. never mastered. The only thing he's ever mastered is using scissors. And now he mastered five goals. Three of them were social. Two of them were behavior. That is what? amazing. And in a pandemic. Yes. That is amazing. I was so excited. I love it. Everyone's like, my kid's on honor roll. I'm like, my kid can do 15 minutes with a non-preferred peer. So, boom. Yay. Good job, Owen. Yeah, That's awesome. He's like working really hard. He's doing great. Um, well that, I mean, that just makes me feel good and I'm very happy for him. We haven't yet had Finney's IEP or no, we've had his IEP, but we haven't had a progress update yet. We're getting ready to go do that. So I'll know more maybe the next time we record about how he's doing, but that's so great. Thank you for sharing. Good job, Owen. Um, so guys don't stop fighting for your kids. It's worth it. I promise. Absolutely. You know what they need and you know that they can get there. Absolutely. 
And we are about ready to get into some really good information tonight. We have a special guest who I'll introduce in just a moment. And if you like to support the work that we do, because it's not for free, this does take work and time and money and energy and blood and sweat and tears and Sarah laughing at me or demanding things of me and then... And Tara whipping me into shape and telling me to be professional. Make it happen. Right. So if you want to support our work, please do so over on Venmo at Tara, T-E-R-R-A dash Smith dash 23. Again, Tara, T-E-R-R-A dash Smith dash 23. Or hit me up on the cash app. Am I allowed to say hit me up? I'm not too old to say hit me up, am I? I don't know. Come on over and check me out on the Cash App. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> Tara Star 77. That's T-E-R-R-A. Star S-T-A-R-R 77. Drop a dollar bill to us to keep the work going. Sarah didn't like that one either. Mm-mm. No. Okay. I... You'll come up with something. All right. Let's let's get into it. Is 2020 over yet? I wish. No. Okay. I wish. We went to vote yesterday, um, and I have to give a big shout out to Franklin County Board of Elections. They are making it happen. They are rocking it. The line was long, but they did keep it moving. Um, We kind of pretended we were in maybe the Disney line, Mm -hmm. you know, like fast pass or like, ooh, what are we going to get? Like, what's the ride going to be like when we get up there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it helped in the moment. It, um, it, I've never been to Disney. I'm just taking your word for it. I know. Well, it's like waiting in line for our a special ride, guest right? is a Disney person, too. Oh, that'll be like a, something. Like a travel to... agent. Yeah. Oh, I like it. OK. Um, but anyway, um, the poll workers were so kind. They were doing a really good job and they were really excited that I brought the big kid with me to vote like several oh, people. You brought, you brought Quentin with you? Yes. And several poll workers were like, good job. You know, I'm glad you brought him with you. He's oh, learning. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that I was I took really Owen good. with me last time. And he was like, she voted for Hillary Clinton. And I was like, you're not supposed to tell anyone. <laughs> Just let everybody know. <laughs> All right. Well, we are um, finally going to get into what we're going to talk about tonight. We want to introduce our special Hold guest. On. Can I just real quick, oh. while we're talking about voting. Um, yes. Guys, it is so important that you make a plan for how you're going to vote. Plan If that's voting vote. by mail, if that's voting early, if that's voting, you know, absentee, voting on the day of election day, there might be a long line. Can you take a long lunch? Can you take the day off? What, what are you going to do to make sure you vote? Because not voting should not be an option. Absolutely. And you can go to our Instagram page. We actually have highlights under our advocacy button that um, shares some voter information, specifically here for Ohio, but then also nationwide if you're listening to us outside of Ohio. Um, So we actually want to talk tonight about um, kind of just some, unfortunately, really stressful stuff besides everything else that's going on. Um, But I think right now we're kind of currently experiencing um, what the Stranger Things creators meant when they were talking about like the upside down and being in the upside down, especially when it comes to like the current state of our schools um, here in the state of Ohio. And I'm not saying that as a criticism against like the schools, like the teachers, they they yeah. are trying to work it. They are trying to do 
hard, hard, hard things. And they're um, doing a great job. And they are they are killing it. They are killing you it. You guys are amazing. You're working so hard. I don't know how you're doing it. Um, I understand locally that we have a district here that's currently on strike. And my understanding for the main reason for that strike is that the the board, I think, asked them to teach not only in person, but like then do a virtual thing like at the same time while they're teaching the in-person students. How? I don't know. But I would not. I That sounds really stressful to me, yeah. like super, super stressful. And I, I, I couldn't understand. Like I've been a teacher before, it, albeit in like graduate school classes. But like just teaching to a group of people is difficult, right? You want to be on your yeah. A game. But then thinking about like there might be a computer or a camera in the room, like watching me teach to those people. But I, how do I divide my attention between people in person and people online? It, it feels like it would be kind of all over right. the place. Well, not even just for the teachers, but for the students also. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm like, I've been a student and like needing to ask a question, but being embarrassed or not wanting to, you know, draw attention to myself, which I know it's hard to believe now because yeah. I'm so bubbly and extroverted, but like to have to like virtually raise your hand and there's like what 70, like how, how? Okay, you're gonna tell me how. Real, no, well, they don't. Real, they don't know how, and I can't blame them. It's not for them not knowing how. It's just that I feel like that's an impossible request. So they are on strike, yeah. and um, we remember how hard the pandemic has been so far, especially for students with disabilities. Yes. So just even um, thinking back to the spring and how hard it was for Finn, it was a nightmare. Not because of the teachers. They were doing a bang-up job. <clears throat> Excuse me. But because that's just not how he learns best. So mm -hmm. we thought we would bring in um, our friend tonight. His name is Ross. Hello, Ross. Hi. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for, for being here tonight with us. And my understanding, um, Ross, that you actually were connected with Sarah before the three of us meeting here tonight you guys are kind of friends friends high school we buddies to high school together we yeah we were friends in high school nice we're, friendly yeah. acquaintances right uh, were so. we i don't know yeah first, i want to be your friend first most important question is, i don't do remember you, anything about high school do you have dirt on sarah that we can use not that you don't probably already know Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's accurate. That is a good answer. That for anybody listening, that was a fantastic answer. I love that. Ross. I'm an can... open book that you don't want to read. Oh no. No, you are fantastic. Um, so Ross, you're not just Sarah's friend, but you work with Disability Rights Ohio. And I was wondering if you could kind of give a, a, a more of an introduction of yourself. And then we can talk a little bit about what is Disability Rights Ohio? Sure. So I am the uh, Communications and Outreach Director uh, for Disability Rights Ohio. Uh, DRO is Ohio's um, sanctioned protection and advocacy agency for people with disabilities. 
uh, and we work in a myriad of different areas, um, and we can talk about that in a bit, uh, but all of the work that we do across education, housing, employment, healthcare, civil rights, voter advocacy, all of it is rooted in um, this guiding principle that we really envision and want to uh, bring into being a society uh, where all members, including members with disability, um, are fair and equal members of that community. Uh, and we are you know, trying to foster a society where the rights of the majority are enjoyed by all. Uh, and that seems you know, like a far off pie in the sky vision, but I mean, every bit of work that we do goes back to that. Uh, and the people who are uh, maybe most at risk of being forgotten or left behind are the ones who usually have the least amount of resources to to you know kick and scream and fight and get what they know they deserve um, and so I, I like to think of us as this scrappy little team of 65 people who are mostly lawyers um, who go in and fight for the people that that can't necessarily fight for themselves I love that that is that is awesome um I'm just I like feeling chills over here I'm like that whole like I don't know, paragraph <laughs> made me really happy. It felt right. It feels good to be like, yay, somebody is fighting for our yeah. loved ones. That yeah. feels good. Um, as you were talking, what I heard in my head was um, kind of getting the people with the most pain closest to the power, right? You kind of work for that. Um, and that, that feels really good to hear. Um, so you kind of quickly went over like you were you were listing off like housing and and legal and things like that someone not familiar with the programs and services from disability rights ohio or dro what what would be like the couple of things you would want them to really know that you guys do programs and services wise sure so um our core programs the the things that make up the most um the largest amount of our work uh first off we do monitor and investigate um, treatment facilities all over the state of Ohio. So we have uh, protected access, any residential treatment facility um, for youth or adults, uh, and this can include uh, jails or other correctional facilities. If we go up to the gate and say we need in to do an inspection, they have to let us in. Uh, and so that's something, you know, doing the monitoring of those kind of facilities is really important. Uh, we have uh, actually a new policy director, and so we are in the state house quite a bit, making sure that as new laws are being considered or written or usually passed, um, that the perspective of the disability, the community of people with disabilities, um, isn't being lost, and uh, that they're being considered up front and not an afterthought. You know, trying to be tacked on to the end. Um, we do a lot of training and education, so we will help. Um, you know, a lot of times other uh, organizations that we're affiliated with, but in a lot of times we're wanting to help uh, people with disabilities um, and, you know, in the sense of students, uh, their families really be empowered and educated enough to advocate for themselves. Uh, like I said, we're 65 members, so we can't, you know, every time someone calls us with an issue, we can't take it to court as much as we wish we could. Um, but something we've really focused on recently is we have a, a great bit of institutional knowledge that can help a lot of people. Um, and if we can get that information to the right people in the right way, we're empowering them to stand up for themselves. We're empowering them to take the first steps. 
And then if those steps, you know, don't work or, or there's a really unique situation, then absolutely, you know, we have lawyers on staff who will get involved. Um, we're, we're typically involved in, in several <laughs> pieces of pending litigation at any given day. So it's not something we shy away from. Um, and so the, the other part is our intake department. And that's where people from all across the state will call in or submit a form to the website uh, needing our help. And that could be, um, you know, someone with uh, a service animal was, you know, the landlord tried to kick her out. And this was just something we had um, earlier this year. We had to take a landlord to court to say, you can't kick her out. We have her service animal. Um, we had a family up in Toledo who, you know, their son was getting bigger. He was able to get out of the house and, and he would get distracted. He would run. It's something he could control. They started building a fence to help keep their son safe and the city um, zoning department came in and said, you know, this area of the city, you can't have a fence that high because it was six feet. She wrote everything out, thought she did a good job presenting her case, took it to the, the zoning board, and they turned her down, basically saying, that's the rule, sorry. Um, you know, they're in Toledo, right next to the river, in the middle of a busy, like, city, right? So, um, and in that case, it was great that, you know, two of our lawyer, one of our lawyers and one of our advocates sat down rewrote the proposal with her, cited appropriate law, and it was passed unanimously. Um, and they got their fence bill. Uh, and then, you know, right now, uh, we're dealing with a ton of school issues. Um, since the pandemic hit, um, which was right around the time I joined DRO, um, we've been inundated with school issues uh, because there's just not enough structural organization at the higher levels. So it's kind of just left each district um, and in some cases, each different administrator in a building, you know, to do what they see as, as best for them, um, which isn't always best for students, especially those who have disabilities or even, you know, are on a pretty simple IEP. Wow. Um, it sounds like you are pretty much doing lots of different things in the realm of supporting people with disabilities everything, like you said, from the housing issue with the fence to the service animal, and now focusing mostly on schools, or a lot on schools. I saw on your website back in August, um, you guys had posted about resources that were made available um, to families. Can you talk a little bit about those and, and kind of what that looked like, or maybe sure. what so it still looks like today? Yeah, so we saw early on in the pandemic, um, I mean, it hasn't been easy on, on anybody unless maybe you own like a plexiglass business, I guess, you know, that could be a, but for everyone else, it's been tough. Um, but the community of people with disabilities has been, you know, disproportionately hit um, and, and and our workload just, you know, blew up. So we very quickly um, organized a whole special section of our website strictly for COVID-19 related resources. It's a big bar on the top of the homepage, you click on it and, uh, you just see big categories, you know, and there's education, there's housing, um, there's healthcare, there's employment, there's you know, general resources. Um, so uh, with the school issue, uh, people really just didn't know what was going on. Um, and we were hearing from people with just all kinds of stories, you know, when we had a family contact us and they said, you know, we're not, we're not receiving anything on the IEP. The school is refusing to even meet to go over or review the IEP and see how it could be facilitated. And this family was told by a, you know, by a school district that, well, this is what we're offering. You can take it or leave it. And 
at that meeting, um, one of our, uh, you know, senior attorneys who handles most of our education issues, I mean, her jaw hit the table. And, she, you know, every student is entitled, you know, by law to a free and appropriate education. And um, I think that when the pandemic hit and schools just kind of closed quickly, the appropriate part of that phrase just was lost. They said, here's Absolutely. a Zoom. Link. Get on and watch your teacher. So yeah. we just, um, we were working with a family now in Akron. Uh, they have two kids in Akron City Schools. And their daughter, who I believe is in kindergarten, has Down syndrome. And Akron still hasn't reopened their schools. Uh, no in-person opportunities even, you know, for students who have special needs. So their answer was, you know, here's a Zoom link for this little girl. Her name's Lyra. Um, watch this video. You know, there's no education happening there. And so these these parents, um, thankfully, they're not wealthy, but they had the resources to. They got a tent and hired a part-time teacher and set up a school in their backyard. And they invited other kids with special needs in the community, come, you know, and join, come sit in a tent in our backyard and learn. And, and, and they were providing what the school refused to. Um, and it's, it's great that they had the resources and they had the time to do that. And they became, you know, a little shining light in that community. But we know that there are hundreds of thousands of kids across the state who are still being negatively impacted because they don't have access, not just to like the learning, like school, especially for kids with special needs is about so much more than just the lessons, right? It's the social interaction. It's the structure. It's for a lot of kids, it's nutrition. You know, it's having at least one or two meals a day. Um, and so a lot, I feel like I went off on a tangent there. I apologize. It's um, <laughs> okay. The resources on our website. No, please do. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, you know, they're the two big things that, that we've been discussing a lot when it comes to education during the pandemic. Um, we're talking about um, compensatory education, which is essentially, um, you know, the school is supposed to provide an education. They're not supposed to provide X number of days uh, or, you know, a certain number of hours sitting in front of a screen. You know, their educational goals they're supposed to hit. And, you know, if they're not hitting those, then the school is required to work with the parents to create a plan. Um, to compensate for the, the educational opportunities that were lost. So we've been talking a lot about that. And then also extended school year services, which people I, I don't think know enough about because it's so important. Um, you know, if a student, you know, has missed out on so much of their opportunity from, you know, being fully remote or schools being closed, you know, you have a really strong case to say, you know, legally, we should be talking about an extended school year here where the services will extend into the normal break period to try to help the child catch up, um, not just to make up the lost ground, but also stop um, any sort of a recession or, or regression in the child that happens, you know, in normal circumstances in a good year. And so this year it's just, you know, seem to be magnified tenfold. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate the story about the parents doing what they can to get that tent and to get that little community going. And I also appreciate recognizing that there are far more many children, at least here in the state of Ohio, that, and I'm sure nationally, don't have that kind of resource, don't have that kind of access to get that kind of support. So, so the work that you're doing to try to provide resources and support in this time is we we need more than sixty five of you, obviously. Um, but yeah, sixty five thousand might be yeah. close. Might be help. getting it. Yeah, yeah, that would be getting it for sure. Um, 
Yeah. And I just, oh gosh, I just, I feel like I was completely fortunate during this time. And um, when you talked about extended school year, my mind is already going to like the next school year. You know, we always think ahead, but my mind is already at the next school year and wondering like how many kiddos are going to need that continued support and what kind of uphill battle the parents might face from the schools. Cause I know to get my um, services for Finn, we asked for placement, not just extend school year. It was kind of like, a multi-tiered process to go through to try to get that for him. Um, so yeah, I can only imagine how many more kids are going to need that and if they're going to be able to get it. Well, especially yeah. because they're slashing budgets and, you know, that money has to be made up somewhere and their resources are running low and it's not ideal, you know, across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the situation definitely put schools in a tight spot. I mean, mm-hmm. the situation at the national level, especially, and then down to state level, everything trickles down. It's just been poorly handled, and there is no organizational structure. And so we're seeing a financial crisis hit uh, with employment and housing issues, uh, which drives the revenues being brought in by each school district down. Um, mm-hmm. And we've known for 20 some years now, right, that Ohio school funding method is unconstitutional because the differences in education quality from district to district are so great. You know, we're not providing each student with a fair and appropriate education. So you take all of these issues that were just kind of sitting there bubbling, and then we tossed a match in with the pandemic. And so we're relying on schools and the teachers more than we ever thought we could while we're simultaneously taking money out of their pocket and doubling their workload. I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm. Um, and it's not really having much impact on those at the very top who, you know, didn't necessarily cause the full problem, but didn't address it correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hurting kids everywhere. And disproportionately, it's, it's hurting kids with disabilities. Um, and so it's, it's really a, a tough spot to try to dig out of. Absolutely. And as you were talking, I was coming to mind of watching our national leaders on TV kind of get asked about, you know, how do you feel like the schools are doing in the pandemic and simultaneously saying they aren't doing a good enough job and yet we're not going to give them any structure or resources to do a good enough job. I felt like I was watching, ah, like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, yeah, I'm glad that that you pointed that out. And from district to district, there is so much of a gap, so much of a gap. Can you talk a little bit about um, what kind of help families um, might be able to expect if they reach out to Disability Rights Ohio, um, if they are having difficulties like the stories that we've heard with schools? Sure. So um, the best thing to do for parents who are or families who are experiencing issues is to head to the website and check out the resources that are there. Um, we try to make it very easy to navigate, and there's a, a wealth of knowledge there. Um, there's also a webinar we did back in August, I believe, with another member of Sarah and I's class, Leslie, uh, <laughs> all by her law firm partner with us to do a webinar. Um, Our good friends. Did, yes, they are phenomenal. Friends of the pod. They're awesome. They do really great work. (laughs) They do. And uh, it's been great to work with them. Um, We've got a nice little relationship going. 
So we hosted this webinar and took, um, you know, one of our experts, experts on compensatory education and ESY services, and then two of their student lawyers, and each of them got to present on a really specific to topic for 20 minutes, and then we did an extended Q&A period. Um, we were hoping for maybe 100 and 125 people to register. We had 650 people wow. um, came to this, and then that's we had to close registration because the Zoom account couldn't handle anymore. Uh, wow. And so we just recorded it and uploaded it. So it's there. And I think that's worth any any family who's having an issue is to go there, invest an hour into watching that and seeing if the, if the questions are answered, that might give you a running start. Um, otherwise, uh, issues that families aren't, aren't having success solving, uh, especially with schools. I mean, contact our intake department. Um, the phone number is on the website. And there's also just a, a web form you can fill out if you don't want to call. Um, and then, you know, they will look into um, what they can do. Um, you know, we unfortunately don't have the manpower, the funding to tackle every single call, um, but we really try to make sure everybody gets help. That's not something we can take ourselves, you know, we'll direct um, hopefully to a, a, another group or organization or resource that can help solve the problem for them. Um, that's, that's, we are, uh, our intake department, the number of calls they've been getting, especially like since March, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, insane what they're getting wow um so and we'll repeat it again as we get towards the end we'll put links in our show notes basically go to the website there's a form there's a phone number utilize those things get in touch with you guys whatever difficulties the person's having you're going to try to get them to the right spot what they need yeah fantastic what about um how much of this information that's available on the website is transferable because um, we have people that listen around the world in castles in Africa and in <laughs> Australia and um, you, you worked know, in castles in Africa. I did. We had this whole discussion once on if there are castles in Africa and there are, we found out. Um, so how much of this information is transferable, you know, state to state or, you know, are you able to get basic information from, you know, Disability Rights Ohio and apply it in Mississippi? So we are only able to really, you know, work one-on-one -on -one with families in Ohio because we are, you know, the designated Ohio P&A agency. Um, but there is a designated protection advocacy agency for every state in U.S. territory okay. um, that receives the federal grant funding that we do. Um, so, you know, if they're listening from somewhere outside of Ohio, they should be able to find their, um, their P&A. We are rather large and um, out, more outspoken than most of the other PNAs, so they might not be aware of them, uh, but every state would have one. Nice. That was a, that's a great question. I love that. PNA protection and advocacy. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so zooming out, kind of backing up from just the, the school issue. Um, zooming out. I see what you did there. Oh, do you like that? Do you, Good job. You, okay. I'm trying. Um, <clears throat> we are dealing with a pandemic. We are dealing with um, racial and social um, justice issues. How have those two things kind of put um, maybe a magnification on the barriers to folks just getting what they need, disabled folks getting what they need? And how has that directed kind of um, the DRO's priorities going into this 2021 year? So it's been um, 
illuminating and sad to see just how much uh, a catastrophic event like this, how disproportionately any marginalized community or uh, minority is impacted. So people of color, uh, you know, it's hit those communities uh, just the same as it's hit um, the community of people with disabilities. Uh, And it's, you know, the less, the less of a voice that the person has in government, the less likely they are to have access to resources. I mean, it's directly proportional. Um, so every year we, we um, survey our network, the people who we have worked with, the people who we have helped, and the people who have supported us during the summer. We take a pretty intense survey uh, on the issues they're facing as, as a person with a disability or a family of a person with a disability in Ohio. And then we use all that data and drill it down to set our priorities for the next year. Uh, because, you know, we need to have a map what 12 months are going to look like and obviously last year's priorities didn't have anything about a pandemic in them right so we adjusted and then um, the priorities that we just um this new kind of guidestone started on october 1st um everything is centered around a pan- uh, the pandemic so at the heart of it you know we came down to we're a, a, an organization our mission is to advocate for the human civil and legal rights of people with disabilities so everything has to plug into that um but the way that needs done is so much different than it was eight months ago, right? Everything has changed. And so uh, we've really, really wanted to emphasize our work in education because of the way kids with disabilities or other special education needs are being disproportionately impacted. Uh, we established that the election is gonna be you know, huge for the, you know, the first month of this fiscal year, that's the biggest issue for anybody um, is such a tumultuous and pivotal election. And how can we make sure that anybody, regardless of their health or their uh, any disability they have, that they can able they are able to safely vote. And so we put a huge amount, um, huge amount of emphasis on that. And we are looking to do more. Um, policy work to not just not just work reactionary to things that happen, but really try to influence policy and discussion. Um, and that has come out to looking at racial equality issues, um, you know, where those intersect with the community, uh, people with disabilities, our work needs to be there. Um, policing issues, you know, the protests may have died down, but we've seen how disproportionately um, different people with disabilities are treated in encounters with justice. So we have a a pretty um, meaty uh, piece of of policy work coming out, um, I think in November, with policing. Um, And we really wanna reemphasize community outreach. We're 65 people, we can't reach every Ohioan who has a disability and has a need. But what we can do is we can be a resource for partner agencies uh, and other groups and people with disabilities and their families and empower them through education and materials um, to advocate for themselves, to, you know, to equip them to more effectively fight for themselves. Um, and everything that we're really focusing on this year, you know, plugs back into one of those ideas. Wow. And all of that information, those priorities, they folks can also find that on 
the DRO website, correct? Yeah, it's, it's right. It's from the homepage right under the how we help. Um, it's right there. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's keystone for everything we're doing. Um, so we wanted it to be front and center. I just, I need to say that I feel as you were talking, like I felt so much more relaxed, not only having someone who's doing the work that you're doing, but like you're, you're speaking in complete thoughts and sentences and ideas and like there's actual information and you're saying like, this is actually what we're doing. Like it's very clear and I feel better just having that information. So if you're experiencing anybody listening, experiencing anxiety like me over all the craziness, go to that website, look at their priorities. It's all very clearly written. I, I mean, I feel better I know now that my loved one, my son, who is disabled, he has someone fighting for him, and that feels really good. So, yeah. Ross is 35 now. You can write him in for president. He's <laughs> eligible. A couple now. weeks should be 36, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. There. Me too. So, I'll be vice president. And uh, we can't yeah. lose. We, no, no way. We're Two doing Scorpios Ross. running the country. Yeah. I'm we're doing, Scorpio. Maybe you're not. Are we doing Ross and Sarah 2020 or 2024? 2024. 20, 2024. You think? Yeah. 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 Either way. You need a little 20, time to... 2020 and 2024. What are you talking about? We're getting two terms. Two terms. You and if we don't to... get treated right, we can demand a third. Right. I we mean... just don't leave. And then what? They can't make us. <laughs> what? Sorry. All I'm right. Our... Twitter. And a hard left turn back to the actual questions. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> for poor, for our poor guest here today, for poor Ross. Um, I I also have to say I'm really proud of myself for not calling you Russ throughout this entire thing, because I <laughs> wanted to earlier, because that's the name I'm more familiar with. You're the first Ross in my life right now, so just can I get a little? I completely appreciate your restraint. Okay, thank you. That's <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, so I do I do have another question for you real oh. quick while we're on the um, – I was really interested when you uh, were explaining what you do and you talked about how you help people with voting. Um, mm-hmm. Are there – we were talking about this at work. Um, if you need accommodations with voting, say you need help um, with reading or um, – you know, some kind of physical assistance. What Waiting are the in line. able to help you with? Yeah. And then what kind of supports do you guys offer? So this has been um, huge for us. Uh, like I said, I came on board in May and election planning, you know, we knew what we were up against, right? We know uh, what the situation is going to be. So we have a whole, uh, whole section devoted to planning your vote, make sure everybody has the resources they need to vote in a way that works for them. So the big takeaways, um, uh, obviously, if you have a compromised immune system or your health doesn't, isn't a good idea to go and be around other people, um, Ohio's absentee ballot system is, I think, the, the best option for a lot of people. It's a very simple process. You can call and have the request sent to you, or you can print one off of the ability to. You can, you know, vote from home, Just mail it in. Um, if you or drop it off at the polling station, right? If you you're drop it off at the at the, uh, the drop box, yeah. Um, if you're like me and just really like the experience of going to a polling place and voting, 
uh, it's a legal requirement that every polling place in the state of Ohio is fully accessible to anybody regardless of disability. So you shouldn't experience issues. But these are like old churches and schoolhouses they're set up in, so of course there's gonna be issues, right? One of the most important things that somehow has managed to not get any coverage is that curbside voting is an absolute guaranteed right for any Ohioan with any disability that would prevent them from getting into a polling place at every polling place. You just I have to I did not know that. For, I, honestly, I didn't know that until I started putting this guide together, or plan your boat guide. Um, so you can request of any polling place um, that the ballot be brought out to you. You fill it out in your car and you send it back in. Wow. It's, it's completely simple. Yeah. And we were reading this and I mean, and these are lifetime professionals who I'm working with who have you know been at DRO for years. And this, this is great. This is a step in the right direction. Why aren't they publicizing? You yeah. Know? I mean, we okay. want everybody's voice to count the same. And this is one way to um, make that happen. And then there also is uh, Ohio has guaranteed access to what's called a ballot marking tool. And that is a process you go through, I believe, with the Secretary of State's access, or Secretary of State's office. Um, and they actually will set you up with a way to legally vote in person, but from your home. Wow. It's a special piece of software that you can do on your computer through the, you know, it takes a little bit to set up. Um, but for people who have a disability that prevent them from getting out of their home to vote in person, um, voting absentee isn't the only option they can use um, Ohio's ballot marking tool. And that is relatively recent. I think that's since the 2016 election that that technology has been available to anybody in the state. My mind is blown right now. I had no idea. I know. I'm, I feel like doing like the clapping thing, like get in your car if you yeah. can. They are supposed to bring you a ballot. Yeah. Well, because my dad has cerebral palsy and he's, you know, bed bound. It was really hard for him to get around. And he has said, I'm not going to be able to vote. I can't get into those old buildings. And I had no idea that he could just mm -hmm. request they bring it out to the car and fill it out right there. Yeah. So you pull up, um, you know, in the parking lot of the polling place. If you're by yourself, if you don't have someone go in and tell the, the location manager that you need to curbside vote, um, the Secretary of State's office will be putting out a number. So you would call that number from your car and then they would get the message to the polling place to bring it out. Uh, but no, curbside voting is, is protected for every polling place in the state of Ohio. Curbside. Okay, you heard it here first. We're going to make sure that we get that information out right away and put it on our highlights, put it in our story stuff. We want people yeah. to know they have the right. You have the right to vote. You have the right vote to vote. Your friends. I love it. Okay. Um, Make a new uh, uh, schoolhouse rock. You need. We need this info out there. We need an updated version of the the bill on Capitol Hill. Yes, not in twenty twenty though. They'll screw it up. Okay. <laughs> They'll ruin us somehow. Okay. Well, first, I I think we're I think we're getting. I love all the questions. I. I, I'm learning things uh, like about the unconstitutional funding, the curbside voting. It's making me very happy. How can people who are listening support the work that the DRO does? So it's obviously the need will always be greater than our capability, uh, no matter what happens. So most of our work, the stuff that we 
generally have to do is funded by federal grants, which is great. They're protected, so our work won't be interrupted when a new president comes in or a new Congress. We are, we are fairly safe. Um, we do rely on the support from community foundations and individuals to help us do the work that we want to do. Uh, last year, I think we brought in an education fellow who came in and spent a year really learning what the educational system is like for people with disabilities. They worked with us for a year and they went off um, into other uh, areas of legal practice, you know, with that experience, understanding how that helps everybody, you know, who might need services in Ohio. Um, so we do actually today just launched um, a program we're calling When the Moment Calls Rise. And that is, you know, we as an organization have been faced with so many challenges this year and the people who do the work rose to meet, meet the demand every time. And so we're asking people who are able to support us, um, you know, to throw 20 or 50 bucks towards the work that we're doing. You know, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. So the money's not going into you know, somebody's pocket. It's, it's being put to good use. Um, and that's on our website. There's a donate button. Uh, and you can find more about the, uh, the rise program, uh, on our Facebook page and on our website. Wonderful. Do you have volunteer opportunities? We don't have volunteer opportunities because of the confidential na nature of so much of our work. Mm -hmm. um, if you are looking for a volunteer uh, opportunity to help, you know, the community of people with disabilities, there's obviously daycares that might specialize in special needs that, you know, schools can always use an extra set of hands um, when they're open. Um, but right now, the best thing that you can do is talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to your family, make sure they have a plan to get out and vote. We're, you know, 20 some days away. Um, and that's really not that much time. So especially if you have someone in your area, you know, is elderly or has trouble getting around, ask them now if they have a plan. And if they don't, you know, you can get on our website, uh, go to disabilityrightsohio.org slash voting and every possible election resource you could need um, from the, the, the disabled community's perspective will be right there. And so help, help somebody, um, even if it's just giving them a ride on November 3rd to go vote. That's the you need. You just right have there. to drive them to the curb. Right, you don't have That's to get out. I know. I'm going to right? lose the heat. No. <laughs> I love, and that is a priority. Can we get real here? Because it's getting right? cold. Okay. You can wear your pajamas. You don't have to leave the car. And a sweatshirt. I love it. Okay. And you can give up a Starbucks or two a month and give some money to Disability Rights Ohio. Matt Sell, I'm talking to you. <laughs> can he hear this? Uh, no, he's not here. He's at he Taekwondo will. getting more he, skinny. He will. Give up that pumpkin spice latte. You don't need it. Give some money <laughs> to Disability Rights Ohio. We need to make Ross and his colleagues comfortable so that they can keep doing the good work that they do. Yeah. So, thank you, Ross. And honestly, Ross. like, I, I knew about Disability Rights Ohio. I've called them before for help with Owen, um, but I didn't realize how much you guys did. I thought you only worked with schools. I did not realize that you do so much. I Aren't you tired? I'm tired listening to everything that you guys do. We have four kids and three dogs, so it all just kind of runs together, Sarah. Oh my goodness. You I, like, I, lo I look at you and I'm like, I'm, I don't know how he does it all. Do you feel, do you feel unaccomplished? Like you're not doing enough in life right now? Is that I, mean, I have three jobs and I'm still like, 
How does Ross have time to do all of this? Superhero. My wife is like, that is that is the truth. Oh, uh, that's the answer. I uh, me uh-huh. and Matthew's wife. I say it all the time. <laughs> all the time. That went in a completely odd direction. Just like someone to do the dishes and stuff. You know what we need? We need an Alice from Brady Bunch. Yes. So not a wife, an Alice. An Alice. Okay. I'll take that avocado green stove too. The thing's awesome. It is. <laughs> Anything avocado green. Make that it happen. Whole house. I know, just, like, right? Give me that Pyrex. Okay. Final question. Unless, Sarah, do you have any other questions for no, I'm just like soaking it all in. And I'm sure I that I'll have like a hundred questions later. Ross will be like, I'm sorry. Um, stop messaging me. Right. I have or a lot be... of work to do. Right. <laughs> he'll be like, where's my payment? So get on Disability Rights Ohio. You can support them. They have lots of good information. They will give you help. The last most important question we have is, I feel like I shouldn't have sent this question to you ahead of time. But do you have enough toilet paper to make it through our second wave? Yes. <laughs> Here's the situation. If we want to do a deep dive, okay. and you don't have a choice at this point, we're doing it. No, of course. So a few weeks ago, you know, things were in short supply again. All of a sudden, you couldn't find toilet paper. paper I towels. know. And dishwasher soap. I can't find really it. Big, like the the thirty two pack. Like it was a big old. They need a toilet paper mat. Thirty-two rolls actually equals like one hundred and seventy or something. Read a little label, you know. And I was like, we went to the same high school, so you're just, I'm just gonna have to take your word for it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how, what that is. <laughs> so the label, there was no English on the label. It was one hundred percent a Spanish labeled product, and I didn't obviously didn't recognize the brand. And we opened it up. And I'm, you know, I have a wife and three daughters. I'm not going to be the first one to complain about the toilet paper. Nobody said anything about it. And after a week, I'm like, I didn't know there was something less than one ply. (laughs) This is like a one half ply toilet paper. So that is now our emergency stash. (laughs) So if things get real bad again, we won't be sitting very comfortably, but we have a backup, you know, 32 pack in the closet. <laughs> he's lying. Gonna... He's got buckets of Charmin. He just doesn't want anybody asking for it. <laughs> like, sorry guys, that's all I got. A half fly. Yeah, I've never heard it, and in 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 Espanol, no less. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm just sucking up on Halloween candy. That's what's gonna get me through. Yeah. Yes. That's Reese what's going to get me through. I'm just trying to buy enough Reese pumpkins to get me through until the Reese trees comes out. Okay. That's my plan. Okay. That's a good plan. Buy so, enough trees to last till the hearts come out, till the eggs. That's, that's all I'm working towards. The hard thing is that the egg has the best ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. Yes. Right? But it's yes. on the shelves for the shortest amount of time. You right? get it like six or seven weeks, and then you get some, you know, other shape. Yeah. Oh, me and Tara have had like long, in-depth conversations, comparing, contrasting. <laughs> the pumpkins are the second best, I feel. But uh, you know, trees. trees I'll I'll do it if I have to. The trees are my my half ply Reese product. Um, but the the eggs are where it's at for sure. Yeah. 
for okay. sure. So now now we know toilet paper and Reese eggs are going to get us get us through. Yeah, if you want right. to trade me some of your Reese eggs for some of my toilet paper, I'm down with that. Um, we might as long as that. I have enough. <laughs> All right, well... Ross, thank you again so much. The, uh, like I said, my brain has been blown a couple of times. I have new information now. I'm going to support the DRO. We're going to make it happen. Thank you. You're going to you, vote. You. No matter what, guys, find a way. Make a plan. Yes. yes. Listen to Ross. People in Georgia had to wait for six hours in line. And I'm just, please don't let that happen to you. No. Have a plan. Have a but plan. if you do have to wait six hours, it's worth it. Is it is. Am I getting across how badly I want you to vote? <laughs> Ross, do you have any final wisdom nuggets? or? No, I, I think the most important takeaway, especially we're all just in this constant state of being stressed out because nothing is how it's supposed to be. Uh, none of these issues are too big to face if you have you know, the right support and the right information. Uh, and, you know, if your issue is something that intersects with our work, you know, we will do everything we can uh, to help and to provide resources to make sure that we all kind of get through this uh, and to the other side together. We are. We are going to get through this together. So uh, everybody, again, thank you for joining us. Ross, thank you. Um, Sarah, it was fun to do this with you again tonight. And as always, here's to the complexities in our journeys, the highs and lows the joys and sorrows and may those who observe us do so with compassion especially for our amazing kiddos and our disabled loved ones um and vote 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 plan your vote your rock mask. the vote wear the mask wash the hands use the sanitizer support disability rights ohio wash the mask sanitize the vote support <laughs> whatever you need to do all right Thanks so much, guys. Thank Bye, you. Bye, guys. Bye.